Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Good morning. It's Pastor Julie. So glad to be back with you this week after a glorious vacation. And we are starting a new series called Discovery. And um, the scripture for today we're using is Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 to 11. And Moses said, When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, You shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground, which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number. And there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power, and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring you the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then you, together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My youngest son and I have something in common. We both love to watch the TV show Air Disasters. We, are, we both are fascinated with airplanes and flying. He was a C-130 crew chief in the Marines, but he's loved airplanes as long as I can remember. I love to fly, especially when I can sit and watch the wings and the movement of the ailerons go up and down and back and forth as the needs of the plane change ascending or descending. Some people think it's kind of morbid to like to watch a show about planes that crash, but it really is quite fascinating. What it has taught me is why things are the way they are on airplanes. I saw the episode where the plane caught on fire on the runway, and many people died because they couldn't find the exit. So they made sure there were lights along the aisle so people can find their way in the dark and smoke. Then there was the episode that showed how detrimental to everyone it can be when you aren't in a seatbelt while seated. There are episodes showing why the pilots and cabin crew need proper rest in between flights. Episodes on why guns aren't allowed in the cabins, and I think we can all figure that one out. So many things can go wrong, but any tragedy airplanes have had are always turned into opportunities to make things safer. 
If you watch the episodes from season one on, you can see the progression of how planes got to where they are today. And for me, it's not only fascinating, it's very reassuring when I get on those planes. I know that everything that has happened in the past has made it, so I almost certainly will arrive on time and safely. Knowing the history of something or what has happened to bring us where we are today is important to helping us live into the future and make it better somehow. When we read our passage today, we hear just how important knowing our history is to our present and our future. This particular passage really encapsulates all three, past, present, and future, because when it all comes down to it, we can't separate them at all. We aren't who we are today without our past, and who we are in the present is key to deciding our future. Kind of like the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, our three-in-one God cannot be separated, even if those three persons manifest themselves in different ways, past, present, and future. This is what this, what, what this series called Discovery will be all about. In this first installment, we'll be taking a deep dive into our history to see where we came from, the obstacles and joys over the years that have brought us into this beautiful land we call the Kingdom of God at Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware. On a personal level, it may not seem relevant to your own situation in life, where you've been, are, and will be. But if you're listening to my voice today, Asbury's history has already impacted your life. So its history is a part of who you are right now. So it stands to reason it will still be part of your future, even if you never walk through these doors or listen to my voice again. This series will attempt to help us gain a better insight to who we were and who we are so that we can move confidently into the future God has planned for us. And I know God has big plans for us. I know it. God has big plans for each one of you, too. And I believe they are all linked together by our faith. And understanding where we came from is crucial to understanding where we go next. So let's dig in. Well, first, let's look at our scripture. We are listening to the voice of Moses. Deuteronomy is one of the books of laws God has given to the Israelites shortly after they leave Egypt and arrive at Mount Sinai. Now, the laws we are most familiar with, we usually call the Ten Commandments, but there are actually 613 laws of Moses, and they are painstakingly detailed in the book of Deuteronomy. The passage I chose this morning has to do with their worship when they get to the promised land. Moses begins with, When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall. Now, I want you to note that Moses is speaking these words at Mount Sinai. The only thing they know at this point is that they are free from the Pharaoh. They have arrived at Mount Sinai, been frightened by the appearance of God, built a golden calf where Moses went up the mountain because they felt he deserted them and needed to worship something, and also have watched as some of their family members died as a result of their disobedience. Now they are listening to a long list of do this and don't do that. But the statement by Moses is telling. He is speaking to them as if their entry into the promised land has already happened and is a given. 
No, if you come into the land, but when. He is letting them know that they should have faith in God's promise to them, that God is faithful and he knows it. You will be there. So let me tell you what will happen when you get there. The next thing he tells them to do is recite their history, to remember what God has done for them. Repeat how they got there. Moses in the present is connecting their past with their future. You can't understand one without knowing the other. You can't appreciate the goodness of what God has done, is doing, and will do without understanding the past. What he tells them to say to the priest when they give their first fruits back to God is, a wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down to Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number. And there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. This tells the story of Jacob, also named Israel, and his sons coming to Egypt and growing so numerous. It was the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham that he would have many descendants. God heard, God saved, God is faithful, and he will do what he promised. Bring us into that promised land. It is an acknowledgement of who God is and God's plans for the good of his people. Now, we may not have been the Israelites or direct descendants, but we, as adopted children of Abraham by faith, have the same history as everything that has happened became part of our history, too, in Christ. So what history are we meant to remember, to celebrate, to understand, so we can move into the promises God has for our future? Oh, there's so much. I love history and could talk all day, but we'll keep it to the last few hundred years. Who are we, the people of Asbury, who are also called United Methodists? Where have we come from? What has God done over the years to shape us and deliver us? For those who don't know, we have a history room down near the office. In it are many treasures that point to key events in our church history. There's a lot of stuff about Francis Asbury. We are named Asbury, after all, after Francis Asbury, the first bishop ordained in the Methodist Church in America, ordained in 1784 at the Christmas Conference in Baltimore. This area was then known as Duck Creek Crossroads, and Methodism was already established by then. A Methodist society that would later become Asbury Methodist Episcopal Church formed around 1778. Francis Asbury had already preached at the meeting house for that society, and after several fervent sermons, left a legacy that would give way to having this church named after him. He became a citizen of Delaware in 1781, leaving England behind. Did you know that the town of Smyrna was named due to the influence of one of Asbury's sermons preached here? on Revelation 2, the letter to the church in Smyrna. 
It was preached to the influential people that lived here, and they, through their influence, renamed the area Smyrna. Our Methodist heritage has a lot to do with who we are today. Methodists have always had a heart for social justice issues. We led the way in the fight for temperance or abstaining from alcohol. Although it's not true, sadly, for all Methodists, we have always valued diversity and stood against slavery. Asbury, even in its past, had both white and black Americans worshiping together in the same building. Even though in later years we did help establish Centennial Methodist Church right down the street for those African Americans who wanted to have their own church and style of worship. We have fought for women's rights and engaged in the key tenets of our faith to care for the widows and orphans, to visit the sick and in prison, and to help those in need. The people of Asbury have been front and center in all of those issues, directly addressing them any way they could. Asbury preachers traveled many miles as circuit riders, preaching at different gathering places in nearby communities. And this church was instrumental in helping those communities, like Leipzig, for instance, build their own churches. This church established the first united Sunday school for the area, where different denominations all learned about Jesus together. Teaching the children became a high priority, and they would go out into the streets and ask parents to let their children come to Sunday school. There have been revivals bringing many souls to God. Many influential people in the community attended Asbury, and their Christian values have been impressed in the government of the town and the state. Like every community, we have faced our share of challenges and tragedies. And it's been the response to those tragedies that seems most important and see, speaks most loudly of our faith heritage. The, when Lincoln was shot, the women of Asbury announced plans for raising money for the sick, wounded, and orphans. They held their first bazaar in December of 1865, raising $750. Twice in the fight against the abuse of alcohol in the name of temperance, Asbury preachers in the congregation were responsible for the closing of all liquor stores and bars in Smyrna. In 1879, the church was $10,000 in debt and didn't know how they would be able to pay it. The pastor called for 20 men to pledge $500 each. Yes, capital campaigns were a thing even then. And he gave them 30 days to raise the money. God was faithful, and they had their money in three weeks. It was such a miracle, it was reported in the paper. That wasn't the only financial challenge faced over the years, and like even today, each and every time, the people of Asbury rose to the challenge and gave deeply and sacrificially in the name of Christ so the mission could go on. There have been different groups and fundraisers over the years to maintain the building, to buy new stained glass windows, to add on to the building, and to grow ministries for our youth and children because there has always, always been a commitment to the Great Commission given by Jesus to go and make disciples. We think sometimes that the, to today's culture, the decline of morality, is the first time that has been experienced, but it's not true. 
George Cayley wrote in A History of Asbury United Methodist Church, published in 1972, that after World War II, morals decayed in the nation and people turned away from their faith in God. Attendance declined and financial struggles happened. But what I read in every point along the way is that we made it through and God was with us every step of the way as long as the people of Asbury were committed to walking with God. We are not just part of the community. We do not exist without our community, and they cannot exist without us. Our mission is to represent Jesus Christ here in Smyrna and do that in any way possible. And those ways have changed over the years, depending on what is needed most. We have not always agreed on everything. Can you believe that? Arguments have happened that have threatened to break us. Plagues and pestilence have struck us before. War and political drama have caused us loss and grief. But by the grace of God, we are still here. If you take the time to read our history, it's clear to see that in every age, with every challenge, we put our faith into action and moved ahead. Like the Israelites who still had a journey through the wilderness to get through in order to receive the promise, we have to decide what our response will be. We've had two long years of a pandemic. Will it keep us from doing the work God and Christ has commissioned us to do? After 250 years or so, I pray that is not the case. We can and will build on what our ancestors in the faith have done. Respond by digging in and getting to work. Giving financially for that work to continue. Praying for our community. Working to provide for the needy. Finding ways to help our community get through ever what happens next. Maybe we can't have that bazaar right now or hold tent revivals. But there are ways we can love our community through this, love our church through this. So pray about how to use what has happened in the past to build our future. Maybe find a way to give more, more money, more time, more prayers, more ways to use your gifts. We are United Methodists with all the history that brings. And we are Asbury United Methodist Church with a long history of serving this community and making disciples for the kingdom of God. Know that God has promised to never leave us or forsake us, promised to give us eternal life and a land of milk and honey on our own some sweet day. Live like it's already here. Welcome Christ into your heart and then share that love with your community. Show the world what God has done here in this place. Look back, see what God has done. Then we will see that we can rely on God no matter what we face. That's how we will move forward, making new history for the future. So take the time this week to really listen to where God is leading us. How can we reach out to our community in the present? to find our way into the beautiful future God has planned for us. Write those ideas down. Next week, we'll talk about how you can share them. We are in this together. It's time to move forward.
Look back and see the wondrous love of God. And let's walk into that promised future together. Amen.